When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I'm here to validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to tell the story which I mentioned in last week's episode about the first night that I hung out with my abuser. I'm going to kind of set it up as like the fantasy that was that I thought was happening versus what was really happening. So I'm going to tell the whole story, how it was, everything that like what that I told people when I when they would ask like, well, how did this happen? Versus what I know now, uh, based on almost a year of being no contact and reflecting on what was really going on. First, I'm going to do the usual struggles and successes on my healing journey. I excuse me, I would say a struggle. This week has been just feeling a little bit off um, in my personal life and feeling unhappy and just like not really knowing um, like what I'm doing, which is a really big part of like a lot of people's life, like just with the weight, like after the pandemic and the world and like so many of us like doing a deep dive into our trauma and our 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 gender, our sexuality, our careers, our family, um, all of these things. So it's normal for like a lot of people, but as survivors, we have that even more like added layer of just like uncertainty. Like, am I doing the right thing? Am I where I need to be? Like you're you're starting over from scratch. And um just like trying to figure out your life again with different friends or very few friends or in a new place or, um, you know, taking back your hobbies and taking back like all of this stuff. And it's a lot. And sometimes it's overwhelming and sometimes it's sad, not sad. Like for me, it's not sad. Like, Ooh, I had this person and where's this person. But like, it's just like sad, like you're here <laughs> and like you never thought that you would be here. And so, yeah. It, it's definitely been like a feeling that I've been carrying around lately. Um, a success is that um, last weekend I stayed the night at a friend's house, which is huge because um, for a very long time when I hung out with this friend who's been around since February, which is um, just a couple months after I went no contact and I was still very jumpy. I had a, I was like very strict with boundaries. Like one time we went to watch a, a women's soccer game in Seattle and I was like, I will meet you there. It's like an hour and a half drive for both of us. And I just followed her there and we went to the game. Um, I just, I, I couldn't be alone in a car with someone. Like I would, I would have my car there too. Like if we got an Airbnb, like I would have my car there too, in case I needed to get away just because of the way things were in my relationship. And I like, yes, I drove myself to their house. So I could have left whenever, but like, I was great. Like I, we, we met up and we were hanging out and talking and stuff. And like, we talked about me maybe staying the night because it's like 45 minutes away. I was going to meet up with my son's dad, my kiddo, like in that area. Anyway, so I was like, well, do I drive back home? It's like 10 PM. 
I drive back home and then get back up and drive like all the gas and I'm tired. And I've been driving a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And I stayed the night and I woke up and I was fine. Um, but that for me is like a huge hurdle. Cause like I used to, I used to couch surf and I would like sleep at people's like friends' houses for days in a row. Like even when I was in high school, I was very, like, I was very nomadic and could, you know, have people over and stay at people's houses and move and transition and do all of this stuff. And now I'm like, mm, you know, I don't really love where I live right now. I don't really love my situation right now, but I'll just stay right here. And so, yeah, big, big deal. Don't know how often I'll do that, but, uh, definitely a nice little success for me. Okay. Let's dive into this episode. The first night we hung out, um, if, if you're familiar with my story, you already know this, but I knew this person from the gym for about a year. We weren't necessarily friends. I didn't know a lot about their personal life. I wasn't even sure if they were queer because I don't like to assume. Didn't know if they had a partner. Um, didn't know a lot about them. Um, and so we were just like a lot of times crossing paths. And then like leading up to the night we hung out, like we had mutual friends who had started like it was summertime. So they were getting people together for barbecues at the park and stuff like that. So I'd see them. Um, and they did come. I had a super traumatic event happen, which I do kind of talk about. So it wasn't the very first time we hung out, but it was the very first time that we like deliberately hung out because I called them to help because I knew it happened late at night. I was home alone and I knew they didn't have a child. Didn't know they had a partner. I was like, bring the partner if you have to, but I really need help right now. And I don't know that many people. So little did I know I was setting myself up for help. Um, but um, so we had, so I left to go spend like a week with my family. In Indiana, came back. My sister and grandpa came out to Washington. They'd never been to Washington. So I was like, sort of living in this like little bubble of, you know, trying, like trying to be okay after a super traumatic event. My, my dog passed away in like a horrible way. Um, I don't want to trigger anybody, so we won't go there. But, um, and so then like, you know, they were watching, they actually watched my old, my old doggy Lucy for me. Like they offered to, which is awesome. Cause like paying for someone to watch your dog is really expensive. And just really make, cause I left the next day after this happened. So it really made it possible for me to be able to leave. Um, and then they were like, okay, I'm gonna give your dog back. So they showed up and I remember like telling my sister, um, like, Hey, like, just like, just come look at this. Like this person's really attractive. Like come see. And they were like, Oh yeah, they are like, they're cute. Okay. Yeah. But like nothing. I just like, I, I had a crush on this person, but I never thought anything of it. Right. So the first night we hung out, we had been like messaging each other on Instagram and, um, we were going to go to yoga at the gym together. So I show up to yoga at the gym because yoga is one of my things, not one of their things, but right. It's all of a sudden one of their things like, Oh, you like yoga. I like yoga too. You like this. I like that too. That's, that's often how this thing works. So we met up to do yoga. I get to the gym and they come like walking across the gym with their gym bag on, like drop it, sit down. They just finished their workout and they're like, do you want to ditch yoga and like go get a beer? And I was like, Okay. You know, my, my kid was actually at the sitter for the first time ever. I, I needed a sitter to go to the yoga class and the sitter was like, look, you're going through a really hard time. You've had your kid out alone for months. You need a break, go out, like go to yoga, go like go out with friends, whatever. And then he can stay the night and like, you know, come get him in the morning. So I already had like a free pass to go get a drink, which usually I would have to arrange that too, you know? And I hadn't been out at all since I had my kid. I really didn't have a lot of friends that I hung out with. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, plus everything, you know, that had been going on. 
and they had intended it to be just us, but someone else overheard and was like, hey, let's all go. So there's like two other couples, not two other couples, we're not a couple, but it was like the two of us and then two other couples from the gym and maybe like a, one extra person or something. I don't know. So we're all out. We're all talking. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. Um, <clears throat> this is a good group. And we had like one or two beers. I don't know. And then when everyone was leaving, I was walking out to my car and I was getting ready to go back home and they like came running out and they were like, Hey, if you don't want to go home yet, why don't you come over? And I just kind of like hesitated. Cause I was like, well, I mean, I have like a dog at home and I'm not like I wasn't planning on going to like anyone. Like I was going to go home and get some sleep so that I felt good to take care of my kiddo the next day. But I was like, you know what? Why not? And I didn't think like, yes, they're attractive, but I never thought for one second that they would like, like me or make a move on me or anything because like, I'm like a rundown mom, blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to make this like drag out forever, but like I came home, checked on the dog, um, and then went over there and they had a hot tub outside, like lights, like this, like really awesome, like social setup that, you know, some people have like for entertaining and stuff. I was like, oh, this is really cool. So we talked, I'm going to fast forward. We talked in the hot tub forever. We, you know, laughed, we connected, like, you know, of course, like they're asking me everything about me. So it seems like they genuinely want to get to know me. Um, and they're making old fashions, which I'm not really like a liquor drinker. So we're just doing the drinking, doing the talking. Of course, like, you know, I consented to all of this. <clears throat> so I'm not trying to be like, oh yeah. But you know, I'm like here for it. Just thinking like, this is going to be a one-time thing. I probably won't hang out with this person again because they're like, uh, they're not young. They're my same age basically, but like they're the single person, uh, you know, living on their friend's couch, basically, like just got out of the military, like do like can go do whatever they want. And I'm a mom. So like, this is a one-time thing. I'm going to just, you know, have fun. And they did a sob story after like, I mean, it was hours, hours and hours of talking. They pull out the sob story. And the sob story was about like their ex-wife and how sad they were about how things went down. And then this other girl that they, I've talked about before, I talk about her in, in the supply episode where it's like this girl who's always been around, but is like unobtainable, but like, oh, I feel so sad that like she's leading me on all the time, but like she never, like we've never had anything before, blah, blah, blah. And I just like looked at them and I felt sorry for them. Like I was having empathy for their feelings. And for some reason under the influence, I chose to kiss them. I remember like years, like a, a year, two years later, like we would talk, we talked about that night a lot, which is in a, is an abuse tactic, which I'm actually writing this down. Cause I want to remember this. Um, when I go back and do my, um, what really was happening. Um, sorry, one second. <laughs> so I remember thinking, had I been sober, had I not been so traumatized by the, the loss of like, I was at, I wouldn't say rock bottom. Like I had my son, I still had to function for my son. Um, I lived in this beautiful place. I was trying to like, yeah, like go and do things with friends and be social so that I didn't just like lose myself. Cause I didn't have time for that. Cause I have a small child. Right. <clears throat> but I was like in a really rough place and I kissed them. Um, I think I was like attracted to their set. Like a lot of us like were attracted to like this sad, like sob story. And like, we want to like, we want to make this person happy. Like, I'm not going to say that I was like, I'm going to fix this person. Cause I didn't feel that way. Some people do like a fixer upper. I don't like a fixer upper. 
I like even with the house, I don't want to fix her up or like, I just want everything to be smooth, but I felt sorry for them. And I felt drawn to like, make them feel better or something. And I kissed, I kissed them. Um, and then that led to everything else that led to, you know, the domino, it was me kicking that first domino. Um, and <clears throat> putting things in into effect. And from that point on, uh, we hung out every single day. That's another story. I could do probably like 10 different episodes, like peeling apart the tiny little, <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, I don't know, talking too much or something, but um, peel apart all the little layers of like what happened next and why that was significant, all of that stuff. But let's go ahead and remix this story and talk about what was really happening now that I have so much knowledge about abuse tactics and love bombing and how it works and what happens in your brain and what's going on in their brain. So when we would talk about this night, and again, it was brought up a lot throughout our two and a half year relationship. <clears throat> it was framed as bait. I need water. Void. We both it was unexpected. We hung out. We got to talking. We realized we had this incredible connection. Um, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't walk away from this. We couldn't put it down. It was just like the alcohol and the hot tub and the lights and the talking and the, the feelings and all of this stuff. Like every time it was brought up, it was, it was fate. Like, oh, I can't believe how that happened. Yeah. This person knew that I was alone, lonely with a child by myself. Like they came into my house the night that my dog died, saw the chaos because a single mom with a, a one and a half year old baby, <clears throat> three dogs. I had three dogs at the time. I don't recommend it. Drowning. So they knew that I was like, they calculated. And I know this because they maintained almost the entire time that we were together that like, they never really noticed me that much at the gym, even though they would come over and like talk to my son. But <clears throat> I'm really sorry. I don't know what's going on with my throat. Near the end of our relationship, they did say several times. Yeah. I remember you were so lonely. I remember seeing you walking around town with him in the stroller. Like you were always, it was just you and him. You were always alone. You were so lonely. They know this. They know that you're lonely. They know, um, especially if they, if you're in a relationship and they see a weak spot, if they're the kind that likes to, you know, I don't want to say take people from relationships. Cause if they, <clears throat> if you leave a relationship, like you were going, you were ready to leave. You're going to leave. Like, it's just that that person came along, um, and kickstarted it. But a lot of abusive people like that challenge of like winning someone. And here's an added layer for queer folks is a lot of people like to quote unquote, turn people who they perceive as straight people who pass as straight people who are dating or married to men, things like that. So that's an added layer to that. Um, but they knew exactly what my situation was. They knew that my dog had just passed. They knew that I was lonely. They knew that I was sad. They knew that I was going to be alone for a long time. And they invited me out to yoga, which is an activity that I enjoy. And then, you know, scratch that. Let's go start drinking. Let's get some alcohol involved. And again, I'm an adult. I was looking forward to having a drink at that time because I didn't drink. I drank before I had my kid. You know, I would go out with friends. I like dancing. I like socializing. And this was an opportunity that I didn't usually get. So of course I was like, yes, 
they had like, yes, they lived at their friend's house where they had this really awesome setup at night, but like inviting me over in an, on an evening where they could utilize this setup that they've probably used with multiple people. Hey, come over. Let me romance you. Let me make you this nice drink. Let me oh, look at the lights. Isn't this romantic? Isn't this romantic? Let's fall in love, quote unquote. So this is all planned out. The alcohol is planned out. The the location is planned out because we could have had lunch. We could have grabbed a burger, you know, um, asking me everything about my life, my deepest, darkest traumas. You know, what do I not like about the, the past relationship? Sorry, the relationship with my son's dad, <clears throat> you know, what has hurt you the most? What's your family situation? What about your childhood? Was it hard? What about your parents? This, that, you know, what are your vulnerabilities? Give me those vulnerabilities so that I can use them to love bomb you. I will do the opposite of what you're feeling in this relationship. I will do the opposite. I will give you the things that you've always wanted. I'll do all your hobbies with you. What are your hobbies? Okay. Now we like this. Okay. Now we like that. Okay. We're going to go hiking all the time. We're going to do lots of stuff together. I'm going to, um, they knew that I wanted like a certain type of family for my son, which I didn't have with my <clears throat> husband. So they, they're like, okay, I'm going to give you this. They're going to do all of this stuff because they're getting to know all of this information and they're logging it away and they're getting it so that they can also later use it against you. They're going to attack all of those vulnerabilities. They're going to make you feel worse about your insecurities that you've shared. They're going to drive home. They're going to add to the trauma that your mom gave you. They're going to add to the trauma that a past relationship gave you. You have an insecurity about your body. They're going to talk about that for the rest of the relationship. They're going to add to it. They're going to make up their own, but they're going to add to all the things that you gave them that night without even knowing that you're literally giving them a guidebook. I have a whole episode about this. Um, it's called like, don't give your abuser a guidebook to abuse you or something like that, um, where you are, you're essentially going, okay, this is everything you need to know to ruin me to ruin my life, destroy me. Here it is. Bullet points, everything you need to know. There it is. Finder, whatever. Here you go. They've asked for it. You've delivered it without knowing because you're, <clears throat> you're feeling this bond with them. You're the conversation is flowing. There's quote unquote chemistry. Um, cause they're mirroring you. They're watching you. They're matching everything that you are saying and doing. <clears throat> they're making you feel like you know, this is a really strong, powerful, amazing connection. Like you're not going to walk away from this. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. This is your soulmate, right? You can trust them because they genuinely care about you, even though they just met you, you know, an hour ago, or it's the first time you've spent time together. And it's the first time that they know anything about you besides the fact that you walk around town with your kid in a stroller, but you trust them. So again, you hand it over. You're like, I feel safe. Here you go. Sounds crazy, right? But this is how they get you. Oh no, I closed and I just wrote those notes. I closed my book. Thanks for hanging out with me all. I'm a mess. I don't usually write notes at all, but I like, as I was talking, I was like, we're going to circle back to that. <clears throat> so the sob story comes in next, right? The sob story is a super important part of the initial phase of abuse because love bombing is abuse that it, I, I read somewhere that said, an abusive relationship is an assault from day one. The love bombing, the moment that they say, I'm going after that person, it's an assault because love bombing, all of that attention. And a lot of people have trouble grasping that because they think, well, the abuse started six weeks in. 
maybe you started three months in, started that first day. If you are dealing with an abusive person, if you are dealing with a narcissist, if you are dealing with a psychopath, sociopath, <clears throat> the abuse started the moment that they texted me and said, let's go to yoga because it was calculated. It was, all right, it's time for me to make my move. Don't have any supply lined up right now. I'm going to, this one's, this one's weak. Like I'm not weak y'all. I was in a bad place, but they saw an opening to get in with me and I was weak at the time and it worked. So the sob story comes in after you've connected with them and shared your trauma and they've shared their trauma and they've told you like, oh, you know, their exes are so mean and horrible and they did this and they did that. And my heart's just broken and I'm so sad and I have all these feelings and I want to connect and blah, blah, blah. The sob story, like, well, you know, my wife left me and took the kids and I never get to see them. Or, you know, my, when I was young, like, blah, blah, blah. Like we all have horrible things we've been through, but it's, it's a calculated moment to share it with you to get you to feel sorry for them, to get you to have that empathy. And it's also a test, like, how do you respond? How do you react to them? Okay, good. They're, they're empathetic. They're feeling the feelings, you know, I've, okay, I've, I've got them. Um, so that's what was really going on was this, this moment that I thought was just unfolding naturally was actually something that like they had thought out and I played right into it without even knowing because I tend to trust people not so much anymore I don't trust any of you thank you <laughs> I hope your survivors you're listening that you laugh at that because like it's it's real right but um <clears throat> I fell right into it it's like Snow White I think eating the apple I know I'm not a huge Disney person but it's like oh, okay you're giving me an apple thank you you know like I trust you that you're you know like this is for me this is okay whatever and you just do it without being suspicious that there's actually a malicious intent involved and it's i encourage you to look back if you have been in an abusive relationship and think about those really romantic moments that you shared at the beginning of the relationship and think about what was really happening <clears throat> i have episodes about love bombing i have episodes about a lot of this stuff so look back and think about what we know about narcissism what we know about how abusive relationships start and see if you can rewrite your story from what you thought was happening to what was really happening. Um, I actually had someone tell me not to, like it was just a random follower on Instagram and they were like, don't, don't gaslight yourself into thinking that you never loved this person just because you're not with them anymore. And I said, don't tell me that because I am not self gaslighting. I'm giving myself the closure and actually understanding what was going on. So I want to like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, everyone's evil. Everyone's abusive. Everything ever good happened to you. Go back and make it bad. Not at all. But for me, it was really important for my healing to understand that those moments weren't real, that those moments were not love. They were not natural. They were planned. They were calculated. They were intentional. Right. And so the last thing that I want to say is what, what spurred me to really write that moment is that repeated story that I mentioned is that throughout our relationship, that came up a lot. Do you remember how romantic it was? Do you remember how excited we were about each other? Do you remember how much sex we had in the beginning? Do you remember this? Do you remember that? Oh, it's like fate. Oh, it was unavoidable. Oh, because they're using that to remind you of how good things were and how special things were, which really they weren't. It was all fate. But it's like when they see you pulling back or they see you unhappy or they see you whatever, it's 
it's bringing you back to that, like, oh yeah, we were happy once. I should keep fighting for this. And they'll do that, like repeated stories or take you on similar dates to similar places. Let's relive this. When really the relationship is horrible. So, you know, two years in, five years in, like they're still taking you to the same place or they want to watch the same movie that you guys watched in the beginning together or something like that. And it's, again, it's a tactic to trick you, to make you stop when you're going, I'm so unhappy. This isn't the person that I thought I was marrying or dating in the beginning. I don't understand. And they're like, yeah, but do you remember when we fell in love? Do you remember how romantic it was and how we just fell for each other and were powerless to stop it? And it was so, but do you remember that? Like we can get back to that. You can't, it's a trick. It's a trick. It's a tactic. Don't believe it. Okay. I think that's all I really want to say about hot tub night. Um, I, I believe that so many of you are going to listen to this and have that. Oh my goodness. That first night when we went on a date to this one place and, oh, it was just the same. That's how it happened. That's how they lured me in. I can relate to this so much. A lot of you are going to have that and like, you don't even realize it. Or maybe you do. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, A couple announcements. It's October now, y'all, which means less than two weeks. So we have this weekend, right after I post this episode, you're going to have a couple days. And then we have one more week until Austin, Texas, October 15th, um, myself and several other creators are going to be in Austin, Texas for an in-person meetup, meet and greet, uh, which is free, but you still need tickets. Um, Q and a panel from all eight of us creators. Um, and then, uh, you can also do a one-on-one coaching with myself or others. And I am now certified. I am a certified trauma recovery coach. I probably should have said that at the beginning, Um, I finally got that certificate, which I knew was coming, but was just waiting for the official piece of paper to feel better about saying it because I have imposter syndrome. Um, But really good opportunity if you want to meet us, if you want to hang with us, if you want to ask questions in person, um, go to narcavengers.com, scroll down to Texas and book your seat. Um, And then I am hosting a trip to Greece in August of 2023. That information is also on my TikTok and Instagram link in bio. You can scroll down and click on the travel with me, Greece situation. Um, the first 10 people who book do get an early bird discount. Um, my goal in hosting this trip, and I do have another one that's coming in March of 2023 as well, but I haven't announced the destination on Instagram yet. So I'm going to keep this quiet until next week. Um, (coughs) but my goal with these trips is to offer a safe, comfortable space for LGBTQ folks, survivors. Um, I even want to add like moms or uh, maybe people who are in a relationship but don't often travel alone and want to try traveling solo. A lot of times as moms, we don't feel like we can take that time away from our kids um, and just not feel judged for doing that for yourself. And then of course, like survivors and um, LGBTQ folks a lot were afraid of you know, the unknown, what's it going to be like? If I go to Greece, am I going to be okay? Who's going to be around? Am I going to have someone, if I have a problem, who do I call? What do I do? And we're going to have a guide there. So we're going to be totally safe. We're going to be taken to the best places. The trip is all planned out. So if you want to know where are we going, what are we doing? Reach out to me. I'll share that information. I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, definitely get in on that. If you're in any of those groups of people and you feel like you want to be a part of one of those trips, it means a lot to me. I'm super excited about meeting people and 
guiding people on these trips to like explore the world and get to know a new place and, you know, language and culture and food and sights and sounds and all that stuff and history because I'm a history nerd. Um, so check that out. If you like this podcast or if you're on YouTube and you like this, please rate, review, subscribe, whatever. Um, I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most and your interactions with my content really does help get that out there. I appreciate all of you. Um, next week I will plan on talking about a trauma bond what it is and how to get out of it. Cause I did mention that last week as well. And I have had some people who re reached out after listening and they were like, please, please do this episode. So <clears throat> look forward to that. And yeah, I'll be back next week with more.